Biden DOJ files Friday night emergency motion with the 11th Circuit Court to stay Judge Eileen Cannon's order granting Donald Trump's team a special master to look at all the stuff that the FBI stole from Trump. This shows their desperation. But have they walked Trump's team into a trap? We'll talk about it. Also, what was the biggest lie the government and the medical establishment told us about the China virus? Details coming up on this special edition of the Doc Washburn Show. Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn, where the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. This is episode 241 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Saturday, September 17th, 2022. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. But when the Lord closes that door, he opens another one. We have been blessed to have racked up more than 350,000 downloads in less than a year. More evidence comes out all the time. A lot of people are having serious negative reactions to these vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I will never pretend a man can become a woman, and I will never forget about the January 6th political prisoners that most Republican politicians refuse to even mention. And August 8th, 2022, the day the Biden regime's secret police conducted an unprecedented and unconstitutional raid on the home of a former president of the United States is a day that shall live in infamy. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you would like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com. Click on the button that says Become a Patron. Also, please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. Okay, we need to discuss the latest developments in the legal wranglings between Biden's out-of-control Justice Department and Donald Trump's attorneys. Now, remember, August 8th, is the day that they unconstitutionally, outrageously, unprecedentedly, and illegally stole a lot of stuff from former President Trump's home at Mar-a-Lago. And so, of course, Trump has attorneys in their legal actions, and the feds admitted that they took some stuff they're not allowed to take, attorney-client privilege stuff, 40 years of Donald Trump's medical records, tax records, all kinds of stuff. They're not allowed to take all kinds of stuff, not covered by the subpoena. So Trump's team sues the feds and asks a federal judge, look, can we at least have a special master, an independent third party to kind of look over their shoulder because they took a lot of stuff that's not legal to take. You you can't take attorney-client privilege stuff. You can't take medical records. You can't take tax records. You can only take... Stuff in the subpoena, right? So, Judge Eileen Cannon granted the special master. Apparently, the special master is going to um, have the first hearing on Tuesday. But Friday night, an emergency motion to appeal that decision by the feds. Now, what, what, what we need to do first is go back to a few nights ago when Mike Davis and Julie Kelly were on the Laura Ingram show. So that's the first thing that we need to do. And then we'll get to this uh, latest development. Does the Friday night emergency motion to appeal the decision to grant Trump a special master, does it show the desperation of the feds or are they walking Trump's legal team into some kind of trap? Or is it maybe both? Anyway, um, I believe it's Tuesday night. 
Laura Ingram says, joining us now is Mike Davis, director of the Article 3 Project and former clerk for Justice Neil Gorsuch. Also with me is Julie Kelly, a senior writer, American Greatness, and author of the book, January 6th, How Democrats Used the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. She says, Mike, it's almost as if they're seizing phones of anyone who might have communicated with the president or anyone who's close with the president. Am I out on a limb here? Mike Davis responded. This is scary stuff, Laura. We started out where they were going after Trump for non-crimes of keeping his presidential records at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, now they're going after his, his, his supporters. They're going after his supporters for apparently the non-crime of questioning an election. You have to have a predicate crime in order to have grand jury subpoenas and warrants. What's the crime they're investigating? Questioning the, the election. We're not a third world uh, Marxist hellhole yet. I, I, I'm not understanding how the Biden justice department thinks that they can investigate these as crime okay mike davis always spot on law responds obviously these january 6th hearings haven't gotten them anything so they have to keep trolling for information to try to keep this thing going through the midterms and julie i find it ironic that we're spending $50 billion to defeat Vladimir Putin, who puts his political enemies at risk, in jail, harassment, targets them, vendetta campaigns against them. And yet, it seems like that's exactly what's happening here. Julie Kelly responds. That's exactly what's happening now, and that's exactly what's been happening for 20 months. To your point, Laura, as you and I have talked about before, you have nearly 900 Americans who were present on January 6th who now face criminal charges, mostly for nonviolent participation in the protests that day. But, Laura, in charging documents, in sentencing recommendations, you see texts, you see social media posts, you see memes that were found on people's phones, not about what happened on January 6th, but but questioning what happened in the 2020 election. This is used as evidence against these defendants. So it's nothing really new to those of us who have been covering this prosecution closely. Um, But to see this now used against high-level officials, Trump lawyers, um, and certainly this this is the whole goal of the subpoena. They're not talking about January 6th in, in the outlines of this subpoena. They're talking about internal communications about the 2020 election and plans to contest the outcome in certain states. Uh, Of course, that's not a crime. None of this ever had anything to do with January 6th. It was always to criminalize political dissent Mm. and intimidate the Republican base of uh, Trump voters. Okay, so that's Julie Kelly. Um, Laura Ingram comes back, and she says, I think they want to scare anyone from working for Trump in the future, or perhaps for any Republican in the future, for fear you're going to get your phone taken and because you disagree with them on some big issue. That reminds me of the fellow we interviewed on episode 220, Jeff Clark. Took his phone. Mike Lindell took his phone. Anyway, Laura Ingram says, now today on MSNBC, former U.S. Attorney Jeffrey Berman, he accused the Trump DOJ of corruption. So here's Berman. Barr did the bidding of the president. Now, he politicized the Department of Justice, and Barr couldn't have done what he did without the help of others in the Department of Justice. Bill Barr should have been standing in front of those magnificent doors of the Department of Justice, stopping political interference from entering. And instead, he was the chief architect of that interference. Oh, my goodness. What a, what a knucklehead. All right. So, Laura Ingram says, by the way, this is the guy that Trump wanted to be U.S. attorney, I think, in New Jersey. And then he ended up at the Southern District of New York. Trump really pushed for this guy. And now, apparently, is Barr a good guy or a bad guy? Mike Davis? 
Well, it's pretty amazing. This Jeffrey Berman allowed BLM and Antifa to destroy New York City from June of 2020 until he got fired. And so uh, it's it's amazing that he's coming on now to criticize Barr. But what's also... Sell a book. That's what he's trying to do. Of course. But what's more amazing is Barr was just last week the Democrats hero, hero. selling his book. And now they've quickly turned on him like Marxists always do. They turn on the, their allies very quickly. Now the Senate Judiciary Committee Democrats are investigating Bill Barr. Wow. So Laura Ingham says, Julie, does this end unless the Democrats are thrown out of office? I mean, this is not going to end, correct? And Julie Kelly responds. Yeah, it's not going to end. It's going to get worse, Laura. I think as you and I have talked about, I feel very strongly that this DOJ is out of control and weaponized and politicized as it is. Will bring a grand jury indictment against Donald Trump. The only question is when. Will it be before the election or afterwards? They've ratcheted this up so much among their base. You could see, you could feel the bloodlust of the base of the Democratic Party. They, after six years, finally want to see Donald Trump in handcuffs. And if this regime, yep. this DOJ doesn't deliver, uh, the Democrats will pay a price in November if that doesn't happen. Okay, now, we fast forward from Tuesday evening to Friday evening, okay? And the Friday evening emergency motion about the um, decision by the judge to appoint a special master. Okay, the great Hans Monkey, M-A-H-N-C-K-E, who has written theepictimes.com, a lot of other places, he announced at 8.32 Central, Friday evening, the 16th, he said, Biden regime just appealed. They really, really don't want the special master to see the 100 documents allegedly labeled classified. Why is it such a big deal? Why can't the guy have a look, and if they really are labeled classified, DOJ can have them back? Julie Kelly responded on Twitter, really, really, really. Hans Monkey said, Really, 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 really. Seriously, what is in there? That a senior United States district judge must be stopped from seeing. Either this is just a ruse or there's some really bad Russiagate stuff there that they don't want, that they don't want anyone to know about. Julie Kelly says, I think it's more likely DOJ flat out lied these records were classified more so than related to Russiagate. Hans Monkey responds, that's entirely possible. I just wonder why are they, they are so hell-bent on not showing it to anyone, not even a federal judge. It really is marked classified. If it really is marked classified, then it fits with a subpoena and they can have it back. It shouldn't be this big a deal that they are making it. Now, a little bit later, Hans Monke is concerned that maybe the federal prosecutors are walking Trump's legal team into a trap, and, 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 and we'll get to that. But first, got to take a look at this long thread from Mike Davis, whose voice we heard a couple of minutes ago. So at about the same time as Hans Monke, Hans Monkey announced it at uh, 8.32 Eastern. Mike Davis, 8.39 Eastern. Pardon me, 8.32 Central for Hans Monkey, 8.39 Central for Mike Davis. Davis says, Biden DOJ files emergency motion with 11th Circuit to stay Judge Cannon's special master order. First sentence proves DOJ still has willful Misunderstanding of Presidential Records Act. Trump has statutory right to take and keep his presidential records, even classified. So, deny. Okay, so let's take a look at the first sentence. 
the first sentence of the emergency motion to appeal on Friday night says, the district court has entered an unprecedented order and joining the executive branch's use of its own highly classified records and a criminal investigation with three implications for national security. Again, again, Mike Davis is right. Willfully, willful misunderstanding of the Presidential Records Act. Trump declassified when he wanted to declassify. And then Mike Davis links to something from just the day earlier. Kyle Cheney, senior legal affairs reporter for Politico, said Judge Cannon has denied DOJ's motion for a partial stay and has appointed Raymond Deary as special master. And Mike Davis had responded, good for Judge Cannon. She didn't cow to the Biden Justice Department's bullying. And the 11th Circuit isn't going to reverse her even-keeled, well-reasoned decision. The Biden DOJ is clearly terrified. Another federal judge will check its homework. What are they hiding? Mike Davis says Biden DOJ waited 18 months to get these records from Trump. We've only had leaks from these records after the Biden DOJ took them. Biden DOJ proved their bad faith by arguing a brief pause to allow an independent check will harm our national security. They have no credibility left. Every president gets to have candid, confidential discussions with aides without Congress or courts getting their hands on it. Executive privilege. Presidents can't function without it. But to get Trump, Biden claimed to have waived Trump's executive privilege. Special master will help resolve this key dispute. Mike Davis continues. Trump declassified all records. Through January 19th, 2021, declassification memo and his actions. Do you know that? He issued a declassification memo the day before Biden was inaugurated? Oh, yeah. Presidential Records Act expressly allows him to have his records even classified. Biden DOJ is playing willfully ignorant on the law to get back Trump's damning crossfire hurricane records. All presidential records, including those marked as classified, are still protected by a president's claim of executive privilege. This idea that classified records cannot be presidential records and thus cannot be protected by executive privilege is simply legally wrong. And again, he says presidential records include documents created or received by the president and his staff. Guess what this includes? Documents the president receives from government agencies, classified or non-classified. He says Attorney General Merrick Garland leaked that he deliberated for weeks before ordering the unprecedented, unnecessary, and unlawful home raid, home raid on President Trump. So why didn't Garland walk down the hall to get an opinion from the Office of Legal Counsel? Because he would not have liked the answer. Okay? All right, now. We shared with you on earlier episodes Trump's winning legal argument, as explained by Mike Davis. President Trump's legal team filed an excellent legal brief calling out the Biden Justice Department's political charade. Team Trump is firing on all cylinders. Trump clearly has the winning legal arguments. It's going to backfire badly on Biden. Presidential Records Act is very clear. As Trump's legal team points out, the presidential records of a former president shall be available to such former president or the former president's designated 
representative, including classified records. He said the Trump legal team did a great job of explaining that the president of the United States has the absolute constitutional and statutory and regulatory power to declassify anything he wants. All right, so we went over all of that on an earlier show. Now then, Politico found, downloaded, published to its website, and tweeted within nine minutes of the Biden DOJ's filing tonight at 7.57 p.m. Central. No chance the Biden DOJ is coordinating with reporters, right? Huh? Huh? That's what they always tell us. Again, Mike Davis says, game over. Presidential records include documents created or received by the president and staff. Game over. He says, again, which we shared with you a few days ago, the president has absolute constitutional power as commander-in-chief to declassify anything, see Navy versus Egan. He has sole statutory authority under Presidential Records Act to take his records, even classified, when he leaves office, see the Clinton sock drawer case. Again, it would behoove you to go back and listen to my interview with Mike Davis, episode 225, where he explained all of this. Couldn't hurt. So... Friday evening, Mike Davis says Biden ordered unprecedented, unnecessary, and unlawful home raid on Trump after Trump had records for 18 months. And Garland said he deliberated about it for weeks, but he did not get an opinion from the DOJ Office of Legal Counsel. Now he's up against an unprecedented legal fight. Here's why. Okay, we go back to what Mike Davis said in August, August 18th, 2022. In case you missed it from January 2021, Trump declassified these crossfire hurricane records. He may have legally declared a copy as personal under the Presidential Records Act. These records could be very damaging to Biden, Obama, and Hillary. Hence the unprecedented and unlawful raid. And he's got a screenshot from the declassification memo that Trump signed the day before Biden's, Biden's inauguration. He even has a link to it. And again, going back to August 11th, Mike Davis says, before Attorney General Merrick Garland's spin, three days after the Mar-a-Lago raid, the President of the United States has both the constitutional and statutory power to declassify anything he wants. If President Trump left the White House with classified records, they are declassified by his actions, period. How's that work? You know, because the, the Biden DOJ keeps on saying, you know, we, the, the federal government retains possession of the records. Okay, Mike Davis explains it. All former presidents get a federally funded office, office of the former president, with staff and security clearances and Secret Service protection and secure facilities for classified records. Even if Trump had classified records, they were protected. Period. All presidents take records when they leave. They don't pack their own boxes. National Archives takes the position that almost everything is a presidential record. The federal government overclassifies almost everything. It's routine for any office of the former president to negotiate with National Archives. They could have alerted Congress. The Biden DOJ could have filed a civil lawsuit. They could have sought a subpoena. But unprecedented home raid? Trump's had these records for over 18 months. He says, we've been all over this at Article 3 Project and defending President Trump consistently. And then he links to Article 3 Project's print media hits, defending President Trump, his top aides, and his loyal supporters from the Biden Justice Department's unprecedented political onslaught. He said A.G. Merrick Garland attempted to defend the indefensible. In his political press conference, he left more questions than answers. He's a former federal judge and prosecutor. He should be ashamed of himself for politicizing the Justice Department so dangerously. He must 
resign. Must. All right. Let's go back to what Mike Davis is saying Friday night, September 16th. Andrew Weissman, formerly uh, Robert Mueller's pit bull, keeps lashing out at a federal judge. He was Mueller's top deputy on Crossfire Hurricane and the Russian collusion investigation hoax. He destroyed evidence in the face of a Justice Department probe into his work. He knows Trump's declassified records are damning. Mike Davis says, my former boss, Chuck Grassley, said this about Andrew Weissman. This is the same Andrew Weissman who wiped his government phone while working on that investigation. While Weissman faced a DOJ Inspector General investigation, obstruction, destruction of government property, that's it. That Andrew Weissman. And then he links to a New York Post editorial. By destroying evidence, Team Mueller proved they have a lot to hide. Okay? All right. Also, Mike Davis links to his response September 10th to Barb McQuaid. Now, Barb McQuaid is a legal analyst for MSNBC. And... Last Saturday, she said DOJ has given Judge Cannon a semi-face-saving option by asking her to carve out classified documents from the special master's review. Assessment of damage to our national security requires FBI access to these documents. Judge should run to take this option. Mike Davis responded, nonsense. President Trump declassified these records and he lawfully kept them in the office of former president, why is Biden so terrified that a neutral court-appointed special master will check his DOJ's homework? Answer? Because they're hiding crossfire hurricane records. Judge Cannon should call Biden's bluff. The Biden Justice Department seized about 11,000 documents. About 100 were marked classified. Trump declassified them, though. Judge Cannon could do the privilege review herself of those hundred documents. Judges don't need security clearances, unlike other folks. And then, from August 22nd, Mike Davis says, big deal destroying Biden regime's evolving excuses for unprecedented, unnecessary, and unlawful political home raid of President Trump. And he links to August 11th before Attorney General Merrick Garland's spin. The President of the United States has both the constitutional and statutory power to declassify anything he wants. So there's some overlapping threads going on here. But when you do Twitter and Mike Davis is like me. He's not a normal person. He's on Twitter all the time. That's what happens sometimes. Again, from September 8th, New York Times says the Justice Department asked the judge to lift her temporary ban, stopping prosecutors from using classified documents seized from Donald Trump's home. Mike Davis says political nonsense. If Biden was so concerned, Trump's paper records guarded by the Secret Service could get into the wrong hands. Why did he wait 18 months? Judge Cannon made clear Biden can continue intelligence assessment. Why is Biden so scared of the court's independent review? Again, Friday evening, Mike Davis harkens back to what he said September 8th in response to Andrew Weissman, who said if Judge Cannon was truly concerned about the appearance of correct judicial processes, as she claims, she would have Magistrate Judge Reinhardt do whatever she wanted the special master to do. She won't because that's not in her, that's not in fact her mission. Well, Reinhardt is conflicted, and Andrew Weissman knows it. Reinhardt had already recused himself from Trump's lawsuit against Hillary Clinton, James Comey, Panetta, and 
I mean, Podesta and so many others, but, you know, Weissman lies, and he lies a lot. Mike Davis says, Judge Cannon is clearly over the target. Democrats are panicking. Why are they so worried about an independent special master instead of their hand-picked, clearly biased magistrate judge grading the Biden DOJ's homework? What do they have to hide? Crossfire hurricane documents. That's what. Friday evening, Mike Davis continues. For what it's worth, DOJ attorney Sophia Brill recently served as a top Democrat attorney on the Senate Judiciary Committee, including for Chris Coons and Cory Booker. If these records are so dangerous in Trump's hands, why did Biden wait 18 months? Why are they only leaking now? So let me tell you, Sophia Brill is one of the attorneys in the motion for the, uh, the appeal, the emergency motion. So Mike Davis wanted you to know who that was. He says, if there's such an urgency for Biden to pursue his criminal probe against his top political enemy before the midterm elections, why did Biden wait 18 months? Judge Cannon ordered a brief pause as Biden illegally waived Trump's claim of executive privilege, then ordered an unprecedented, unnecessary, and unlawful home raid on his political enemy. Enemy, You realize Biden said he had nothing to do with it, but the court said he did. And this unprecedented, unnecessary, and unlawful home raid on his political enemy, they grabbed 11,000 personal and presidential records that Biden had no right to take. So again, Mike Davis asks, why is Biden so terrified, including ordering an unprecedented raid on his political enemy and filing unprecedented legal actions because Trump declassified and took his copy of the Crossfire Hurricane records, which are very politically damaging to Joe Biden. Trump used Mar-a-Lago as one of his offices while he was still president. Did he have these records then? And he uses it as his office of former president. Trump and his federal staff get security clearances. Secret Service has always kept it very secure, no leaks, until Biden DOJ raided. For 100 classified records, all presidential records, as received by president under the Presidential Records Act, Trump declassified them. Even if classified, Trump still has the right to keep them under the Presidential Records Act. He took personal copy. See eight years of highly classified tapes in Bill Clinton's sock drawer. Okay? And again, Mike Davis said back on September 2nd, President Clinton taped his oral history of his eight years in office. He hid the 79 audio tapes in his sock drawer. These tapes include the most classified secrets imaginable. So why wasn't he charged for espionage, theft of government property, or obstruction? Well, because he was the president. The Presidential Records Act said he could do it. That's why. Mike Davis links to John Solomon from August 18th saying, Judges ruling over audio tapes hidden in Bill Clinton's sock drawer could significantly impact Donald Trump's effort to contest FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago. Yep. So we go back to Mike Davis from Friday evening, September 16th. He says, Biden DOJ is badly misstating the law and executive privilege for 250 years, almost. The president has had his constitutional right to confidential advice from advisors without having it chilled by Congress, the courts, or three million executive branch bureaucrats, including classified documents. Executive privilege belongs to the president who asserts it while he's president. It doesn't belong to the so-called executive branch, as the Biden DOJ falsely claims. President Trump does not need permission from 100,000 
DOJ or three million executive branch bureaucrats who work for him to exercise his powers. Amen, brother. Amen. That's the truth. Now, now, as right as Mike Davis is, and he's right. From start to finish, he's right. We still have a question. And the question is, regardless of how correct Mike Davis is on the law, is Biden's DOJ still in the process of walking Trump's legal team into a trap. I hope not. But Hans Monke, really sharp guy, who agrees with Mike Davis and everything else, is concerned that that may be exactly what's going on. So i got to share that with you. And then also, from our friend Steve Dace over the blaze, interviewing Dr. Harvey Risch from Yale, what is the uh, biggest lie the government and the healthcare establishment told us in 29 months of COVID? And what's the latest bombshell about uh, Anthony Fauci? or as uh, the great Mark Levin calls him, Tony Fouch Fouch. Anyway, in the meantime, can't tell you much. We appreciate our advertisers. They are our friends, and they make it possible for me to do this five times a week instead of having to go do something else. Thank you all. We appreciate it. If you try to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website to put you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions and then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live, redriveryourway.com. You will be glad you did. All right, let me ask you this. Does your financial advisor take the time to listen and get to know you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situations change? When you work with Jonathan Presswood, he focuses on what's important to you. He uses an established process to help you achieve your unique goals, whether that's preparing for retirement, making your money last in retirement, planning your estate or inheritance, preparing for the unexpected, or anything else, Jonathan Presswood can help. Now, what should you do if you leave a job and have a 401k or other retirement plan? Or if you're getting close to retirement or already in retirement? Call my friend, Jonathan Presswood, today. He'll help you create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And he'll partner together with you to help your strategy stay on track no matter what life throws at you. Listen, we can all dream of having a perfect retirement, but how many of us will actually experience it? 
No matter where you are today, Jonathan Presswood is offering a free retirement analysis to figure out where you'd like to be and what it will take to get you there, and there's no obligation. Contact Jonathan Presswood, a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments, today at 501-303-4844. Again, that's 501-303-4844. Don't wait. Call Jonathan Presswood today at 501-303-4844. Now, if you're like me, you can't remember phone numbers, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com. Just click on the link to Jonathan Presswood at Edward Jones. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Hey, I'd like to help you with some health issues. Do you have migraines? Neck pain? Back pain? Vertigo? Acid reflux? Eczema? Problems with your blood sugar? Maybe even hay fever? Okay, let's do a little test. Look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Are you tilting your head to the left or the right instead of sitting up or standing up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines, neck pain, and hay fever. Let me explain to you how it works because it's the best kept secret in American healthcare. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, reproductive system, circulatory system, even digestive system. And yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, acid reflux, eczema, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar. Do yourself a favor. If you're in Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center 501-279-2009 for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted, because you probably do. If you're outside Central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, and click on Find a Doctor Near You. And I sure hope you can. Thank you again to our advertisers, Dr. J.R. Crabtree and his wife, Dr. Tanya Crabtree, our advertisers, our friends, our doctors, for that matter. Also, over at Edward Jones Financial Advisors, Jonathan Presswood and Mitch Ward, proprietor of RedRiverYourWay.com. We appreciate our advertisers for helping us to continue to do what we do five times a week. Well, yeah, true, true, yes. If anybody else um, owns or manages a, a business and wants to advertise, get in touch with us. All right, um... At great length, we talked about what Mike Davis had to say about this emergency motion, this emergency appeal. Okay? Now, while we need to look at Hans Monkey is concerned that even though Mike Davis is right about all that stuff that we just said, that Biden's DOJ may be walking Trump's legal team into some sort of trap. Let's, let's, let's see what he says. He's got a screenshot from DOJ's appeal Friday night, which says... In response, plaintiff's counsel and his custodian of records produced an envelope containing 38 documents bearing classification markings. Plaintiff's counsel represented that the records came from a storage room at Mar-a-Lago where all records removed from the White House, had been placed, and that no such records were in any other location. Plaintiff's custodian also certified, on behalf of the office of Donald J. Trump, that a diligent search was conducted of the boxes that were moved from the White House to Florida and that any and all responsive documents 
accompany the certification. Again, plaintiff did not assert any claim of privilege and did not suggest that any documents bearing classification markings had been declassified. And then it says the FBI uncovered evidence that the response to the grand jury subpoena was incomplete, that classified documents likely remained at Mar-a-Lago, and that efforts had likely been undertaken to obstruct the investigation. So Hans Monkey says what several others in his corner of Twitter and he have been saying and got shouted at for was DOJ set a perjury slash obstruction trap and Trump's lawyer walked right into it. DOJ doesn't care about classified documents, no matter how much they say they do. They're trying to set up a process crime. Now, what is a process crime? You remember a guy named Scooter Libby? Scooter Libby was one of the closest advisors George W. Bush had, and a special prosecutor went after him because the FBI had interviewed him, and he misremembered something about a phone conversation he had had a couple years earlier. There was nothing criminal about the phone conversation, but because he couldn't quite remember it right, they went after him. It's called a process crime. You lied to the feds about something. Well, there was no underlying crime. Right, so they shouldn't be able to do anything to you. Because there's because what, what you misremember, you weren't, you weren't even intentionally lying. You just misremembered something. And, uh, oh, okay, well, you lied to the FBI, then we're going to prosecute you. So they gave Scooter Libby 30 months in prison and fined him a quarter of a million dollars because they said he lied to the FBI. He was misremembering a phone conversation, which there was nothing criminal about. That's a process crime. That's a process crime. So, eventually, George W. Bush uh, pardoned him. But if you don't think that Biden's DOJ would try to go after Donald Trump knowing he didn't break any laws because his lawyers said, oh, we, 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 we got that squared away, and oh, no, you didn't. That's a process crime. No wonder they don't want a special master to look at everything. Okay? So, Hans Monkey continues. He's got another screenshot from the emergency motion to appeal the judge's decision on the special master from Friday night, September 16th. The government says, in any event, even if plaintiff had asserted in court that he declassified the records, the government would still need to review the records to assess that claim, and they would still have been responsive to the grand jury subpoena for all records bearing classification markings. Okay, now, what Mike Davis is saying is, no, that's a willful misunderstanding of Presidential Records Act. You have no right to those documents at all. And I believe he's right. What Hans Monkey is saying is, doesn't matter because Trump's lawyers said we gave you everything. They're going to say, no, you didn't give us everything. And there's no underlying crime because Trump has a right to all that stuff. But that's not what they would go after him for. It would be a process crime. Same kind of thing they went after Scooter Libby for. Oh, you lied to the feds. So Hans Monkey about this screenshot says, DOJ set this up in a way where they can say that arguments about declassification or executive privilege are irrelevant. The subpoena asked for stuff for stuff that's labeled classified. Okay. The time to object to such an overbroad and ridiculous subpoena was when it was served. Because they made it, they made a point that, you know, didn't claim executive privilege, didn't claim this, that, or the other thing. So, uh, Mike Davis is really sharp. Hans Monkey is really sharp. They could both be right. 
but I hope just Mike is right. You know? I hope that just Mike is right. Okay, now, Dr. Harvey Risch. Dr. Harvey Risch. Steve Dace, over the blaze, a really good guy. Recently interviewed Dr. Harvey Risch. Professor Emeritus of Epidemiology at the Yale School of Public Health for the Blaze. Dr. Risch's work has been cited nearly 50,000 times. He's also an MD. So Steve Dace asked Dr. Harvey Risch, what was the biggest lie that we have been told in the last 29 months of COVID? Not an easy question to answer, but Dr. Risch does it. It's four and a half minutes long. Oh, that's a difficult question because there's so many. Um, to me, the biggest lie is the FDA webpage on hydroxychloroquine. So the FDA webpage was mounted July 1st of 2020. It's been there for two years. It's a fraud. The, the webpage says, warning, hydroxychloroquine should not be used in outpatient treatment because of risk of cardiac adverse events. Now, Dr. Risch is saying they just made that up. They made that up. Okay? That's in the big bold letters. And then underneath, in small print, it says, we base this warning on adverse events that we've observed in the treatment of hospitalized patients. Now, there's two things about this. First is that... Uh, COVID-19 is a completely different disease in outpatients and hospital patients. In outpatients, it's a flu-like illness with cough, muscle aches, fever, sore throat, um, sneezing, you know, and so on, the tiredness, uh, headaches, the, the standard things that people get in, this, you know, severe colds or flu. However, on about day eight, plus or minus, in, in a uh, sub subset of people, they progress to a more intense pulmonary illness. That's an, uh, an ammonia-like illness where the immune system overreacts and deposits a, a lot of immune debris in the lungs and makes breathing difficult and oxygenation difficult. That's a kind of acute respiratory distress syndrome that requires hospitalization. That's a totally different disease. It has a different treatment. It is, it is totally unrelated to outpatient treatment. Nevertheless, the FDA said we base our recommendation on against outpatient treatment on the basis of hospital experience. So that's the first thing. The second thing is you can understand that if the FDA actually had any evidence to support adverse events in the treatment of outpatients, it would have said that. Mm -hmm. On a website talking about outpatient treatment, if they thought they could suppress outpatient treatment because they had evidence in outpatients, they would have used that. That would have been the first line of argument. And since that is missing from this webpage, it proves that they do not have systematic evidence of outpatient ill effects in using hydroxychloroquine in outpatients. Now, why this is the biggest lie is that this was the crux of the whole pandemic in the first place. That the suppression of hydroxychloroquine started before anybody even knew there was a pandemic. And uh, before President Trump had even said anything. It started, to my knowledge, in fall of 2019, when the Minister of Health in France changed the status of hydroxychloroquine from an over-the-counter medication that anybody could just go to the drugstore and buy to a prescription-only medication. She cited completely false uh, uh, theory that hydroxychloroquine was what was called genotoxic, that it had caused genetic damage in cells. This is completely Im impossible. This medication has been used in tens of billions of doses in hundreds of millions of people for half a century or more. It is one of the most um, important medications on the World Health Organization's list of the top 50 required medic medicines. Are you getting all this? I mean... What are you doing all the conspiracies come true? 
it's used in pregnant women and infants and children. Uh, it's just one of the safest medications known. And yet the FDA had the nerve to purport to say that, that somehow a very safe medication that everybody knows is safe is somehow suddenly unsafe to be used in outpatients. And by the way, we're not showing you any data that it's unsafe. So this is the biggest lie. Had this medication been used at the outset of this pandemic, it would have saved hundreds of thousands of lives that were needlessly lost for, because this was suppressed for a year while, while patients waited for vaccines, you know, and, and whatever one thinks of the vaccines, this time period of a, of a year lost led to hundreds of thousands of unnecessary deaths that would have been treated. And had we been able to treat this disease adequately, the necessity of vaccines would not nearly have been as important and maybe not important at all. And that is the crux of the whole pandemic, that this pandemic was not used to protect the health of the population. It was used to sell vaccines and patent medications at tremendous, tremendous profit to the pharma industry with the collusion of the FDA and the CDC. And this is the nature of, of what we've been fighting over the last two and a half years. Not the virus per se, but, but our corrupted response to the virus. That's a lot to take in, but it's my job to share it with you. Um, I was about to say, I don't know if you heard that anywhere else. Well, if you listen to Steve Dace, you heard it there. If you watch his show, you, you heard it there, but I, I don't know if anybody else shared it. But that kind of stuff's crucial. I mean... There's going to be a reckoning. I just hope the reckoning, you know, we all have to stand before the Lord, give an account for what we've done on this earth. I just hope that there will be a reckoning in a court on this earth. You know? Because um, that right there, that's horrible. How many people died because they lied? You know? How many people died because they lied? Now, speaking of Fauci, do you remember... I don't know if you watched any of those COVID... Uh, announcements. They would get Fauci and Deborah Burks and sometimes a guy named Admiral Giroir, I'm probably mispronouncing his last name, Robert Redfield, the head of the CDC at the time. And they would give these uh, announcements about where we're going with COVID. The first one was like, 15 days to slow the spread or stop the spread or whatever, right? But they all presented a united front, okay? Well, not so much anymore. Dr. Robert Redfield, who was head of the CDC, at the time, is now speaking out. Over at justthenews.com, the former director of the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, who was cast as a conspiracy theorist for saying the evidence supported the lab leak explanation for COVID-19, allegedly provoking death threats, claims that the real conspiracy is former NIH Director Francis Collins, Dr. Anthony Fauci, and the established scientific community. Robert Redfield told former Senate Finance Committee investigator Paul Thacker that National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases Director Dr. Anthony Fauci knew. He knew that he funded gain-of-function research that makes viruses more dangerous, and he misled Congress when he denied it. 
He said, but nothing's going to happen as long as the Biden administration is here. In an interview published in Thacker's Disinformation Chronicle newsletter, Dr. Robert Redfield said, Tony and I are friends, but we don't agree on this at all. Well, I'll bet you're not friends anymore, brother. I'll bet you're not friends anymore. Redfield said everyone had to agree to the narrative pushed by Fauci and then NIH director Francis Collins as SARS-CoV-2 emerged from a wet market in Wuhan instead of emerging from the Fauci-funded Wuhan Institute of Virology just a few miles away to avoid becoming a public target of Francis Collins and Anthony Fauci. The virologist Robert Redfield told the immunologist Fauci From the second or third week in January 2020, quote, I'm very concerned that he was championing this theory that it came from animals, unquote. The particulars of the novel coronavirus, such as the furin cleavage site and the human sequence in it, make clear that it's not from bats, according to Dr. Redfield. He said this thing was manipulated, orchestrated, that cleavage site was created. Well, I think maybe you should have spoken up, maybe said something to uh, President Trump about it, man. You know, a little bit too late now. A lot of people dead now. According to Redfield, transmission doesn't make sense under natural evolution. He says you have a virus that is one of the most infectious viruses in the history of humanity, and yet that virus no longer can infect the bat? No, this is highly abnormal. Redfield said he believes... The spring 2020 letter from the Lancet, the big medical journal out of the UK, that lumped in the lab leak hypothesis with conspiracy theories was orchestrated under direction of Fauci and Collins trying to nip any attempt to have an honest investigation of the pandemic's origin. He said there was nothing scientific about that letter. It was just an attempt to intimidate people. He said Tony had over a year looking for an intermediate host to explain the natural evolution theory of COVID-19 and still had not found one when Redfield went on CNN 2021 to defend the lab leak hypothesis. Scientific American magazine accused Redfield of pr promoting a conspiracy theory based on xenophobia, which Redfield suspects was due to Anthony Fauci's influence of that publication. You say you're still friends? I don't think so, bro. He said, I was threatened. My life was threatened. I have letters I got from prominent scientists that previously gave me awards telling me the best thing I could do for the world was to shoot myself because of what I said. Redfield says he believes that Fauci and Collins were behind a lot of the conspiracy and anti-Asian hate claims about the lab leak theory and plans to elaborate in a book once Chinese Communist Party leadership changes. Man, you're still afraid of everybody, aren't you? Redfield said big publishers frowned on his book proposal because it promotes the lab leak theory. Thacker noted that newly released emails show January 2020 discussions within NIH about Fauci's funding of the EcoHealth Alliance and a 2015 pa paper in Nature magazine about the Wuhan lab manipulating coronaviruses. Redfield says, yeah, I think Tony tried to kill the inquiries into the Wuhan funding and lab experiments. While clarifying, he said, I don't believe there was any intent to harm people through suppression. Oh, you hopeless, dear, sweet Child, how could there not be? Bless your heart, Robert Redfield. NIAID did not immediately respond to a request for Fauci's response, neither did Collins, who remains at NIH as head of the molecular genetics section. Redfield said the whole thing is scientific arrogance. It's worse than that, brother. He says there was an arrogance that they could contain this, that it wouldn't escape it. I worked with the Chinese CDC for many years while in the military and while at the University of Maryland. And viruses get out of labs. That's just the nature of the beast. But you don't think Fauci meant any harm.
That's remarkable. That's just remarkable. Oh, my goodness. Okay. You know what? Something just occurred to me. Yeah. Something just occurred to me. It's time to say, hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice. The way you want to online, have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental United States of America. All right, today's tweet of the day is from a guy who calls himself E.B., out there on Twitter. And he has screenshots of three different things. First of all, from June 15th of this year, from the official White House website, the Biden-Harris administration celebrates the contributions of dreamers on the 10-year anniversary of DACA. Now, dreamers are the people who came here illegally when they were little kids and didn't know what was up, okay? DACA is the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. In other words, Obama's way of saying, hey, why don't y'all stay? We're not going to send you back. So that's the first screenshot. The Biden-Harris administration celebrates contributions of dreamers on 10-year anniversary of DACA. The next screenshot was from a few months later. Jill Biden slammed for comparing... Hispanics to breakfast tacos. Remember that in San Antonio? And the most recent screenshot from NBC News. Boy, did they delete this tweet pretty quickly. They're quoting an official of the Democrat Party who said Florida Governor DeSantis sending asylum seekers to Martha's Vineyard is like, quote, me taking my trash out and just driving to different areas where I live and just throwing my trash there, unquote. A founding member of a foundation which helps refugees, says. Oh, okay. So a founding member of a foundation that helps refugees compares them to trash. So EB says, you hear that, Hispanics? With Democrats in control, you went from dreamers to breakfast tacos to trash in just three months. Anyone offering free gifts will make you pay a price. Oh, my goodness. That is our tweet of the day brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Wow. You've been listening to Episode 241 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washer Show, do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you like a transcript of today's episode of the all new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier X. And that's the way it is, Saturday, September 17th, 2022.